Welcome to the spirit world, answering your questions on angels, demons, and how the spiritual and physical worlds interact. And now your hosts, Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. Well, hello there, and welcome to the spirit world. I am Debbie Giorgiani with co-host religious demonologist Adam Bly, and hopefully you. We are live today, so we expect your calls because we're talking about a very popular, very popular young man, blessed Carlo Acutis, the millennial saint. That's what everybody's talking about, and we are going to be speaking about him and our friendship with Blessed Carlo. So, Adam, we always begin with the St. Michael prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We just celebrated Blessed Carlo Acutis's feast day, uh, October 12th, so just a couple days ago. And so we wanted to talk about this wonderful, amazing, holy young man, his life, his legacy with the uh, Eucharistic Miracles exhibit. And we're going to talk a lot about him, but we want you to weigh in on this topic by sharing your experience of Blessed Carlo Acutis. So here's how you do it. Let me just share with you. We have our show team in place, Tim Mott, our senior producer is here. He's waving to us on camera. Hello, Tim. Taylor Van Est, our main producer, is uh, at the controls doing a fine job. We have Carol and Libby at the phones together because we have a lot of calls that come into the spirit world. So we're going to ask you to start dialing in now so that Carol and Libby can speak with you. And then you get to a chat with them for a few minutes. Um, you're put on hold. You get to listen live. And then you'll slip right into the discussion about Blessed Carlo Acutis. So here is the number, 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. We're being produced by the Guadalupe Radio Network, and we're being broadcasted throughout the EWTN Global Catholic Radio all over the world, Adam. So we should get a lot of calls about Blessed Carlo Acutis. Now his mom, Antonia Salzano Acutis, is touring the United States talking about her son. His uh, A relic of his heart is also touring. Uh, the Eucharistic Miracles exhibit is touring worldwide. And uh, this young man is amazing. That's all I'm going to say. And Adam, you start about what your friendship and what you know about Blessed Carlo Acutis, and I will happily add what I feel about this young man. Well, Deb, the thing that strikes me about um, Blessed Carlo is how God gives us saints for the times that we're living in. So, you know, like through God's providence, he... he gave this young man such incredible grace. And when I look at his life, you know, his brief life, he died at 15. Um, 
you know, fairly abruptly of a, of a leukemia diagnosis in these brief years, like, uh, and, and I want you to unpack some of that, Deb, like the signs of the amount of grace that this, that this young man received are just staggering. And what he points to is the very things that we're struggling with as a world right now and in the Catholic world, and that is belief in the Eucharist. And that is also in terms of living to please Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, I think a lot of us as, as Christians, Catholic Christians, we think about what can Jesus do for me? You know, um, he opened the way to heaven for me. He's going to forgive me. He's going to bail me out of all of this. Uh, what, what miracles can he do for me? What problems can he solve for me? And I think a lot of us, when we're less mature in our spirituality, we see God as kind of like, I go to God when I've got a problem. And here's this young man who, who didn't even make it to 16 years old. And instead of saying, what can God do for me? He's saying, I just want to please Jesus. Like when he found out he was going to die, he said, I'm, I'm ready and I'm happy, not because I want to die, but because I know I haven't wasted any time doing things that wouldn't please Jesus. Like that's what he cared about, not to get something out of God, but to die with God being happy with his life. It's just, I mean, the, the wisdom of that is amazing. It shows a spiritual maturity that you would expect to see in, you know, a, a person who was older and had progressed in the spiritual life for decades and decades and decades. And yet here he is. And, and so who does he speak to? He speaks to the young people today that often don't go to church. They're not well catechized. They're not dragged by their parents into church to learn the faith. He's speaking to them, and then he's speaking to us adults, who a lot of us have lost an understanding of the Eucharist. And so I think God is, you know, he's giving us a gift here, the exact gift that we need. Mm -hmm. I believe God tapped this young boy at an early age, and he said yes, because he wanted to receive uh, the Eucharist at an at uh, earlier than most kids his his um, generation his time, and he did. And at age seven, after he received his uh, first Holy Eucharist, um, Holy Communion, he forever wanted to be connected to God through adoration, through the Rosary, through Mass. His parents weren't extremely religious at all. They hardly went to church in that in that manner and and that and had that intensity, right? But he did at seven years old. This is a young boy that um, you know in many of the writings. And I just want to recommend to our listeners of the spirit world. I want to recommend a book, and I'm holding it up for Adam on screen. You guys can't see it, but I want to make sure Adam sees the cover of it. It says, "My son Carlo, Carlo Acutis through the eyes of his mother." It's it's by uh, his mom, Antonia Salzano Acutis. Jerry and I got to the, we got the privilege and the honor of interviewing Antonia uh, for Take Two on EWTN, and it was amazing. Um, and we we just we've stayed in touch with Antonia, and she's actually touring through the United States talking about this book and her son. And in this book, she talks about how her son knew the knew the Catechism of the Catholic Church inside and out when he was before he was 11 years old, so much so that they asked him to teach um, religious education class to the youth at 11 years old. I mean, can anybody kind of uh, grasp that, uh, you know, would you, would you have your 11-year-old be teaching a religious education class for the Catholic Church? Um, you know, his mom said, you know, she's very humble about it, but she said he, he, was, he was kind of a genius. Well, you know, 
I will tell you, yes, he was tech savvy. He loved to do all the things of his generation. He was born in 1991. He died in 2006 of, of a rare form of leukemia. He died a, about around a, a week later after he was diagnosed. And as Adam stated, he, he said to his mom, he never wasted a minute, never wasted a minute. He was constantly connected to God. And then I look at some celebrities, you know, and the comments they made when they uh, left this earth. And I think of David Cassidy. And David Cassidy, for those of you that are listening, and you may be a little younger, you may not remember the Partridge family, although you probably can go on some cable network because all these retro shows are coming back. So the Partridge family, David Cassidy was a teen, you know, heartthrob. He was all over the teen, the, the magazines and everything. Everybody wanted to get to know David Cassidy because he was, he was just so cute, you know, as, and teenagers just loved him. Okay. Okay. So when he died, his daughter was by his bedside. And do you know what his last words were, Adam? Mm. So much wasted time. Isn't that interesting? A celebrity who was loved by so many teens. And then you look at blessed Carlo Acutis, who he said, after being diagnosed at age 15, he didn't live a long life like David Cassidy. And he said, I haven't wasted a day, haven't wasted a minute. And at his beatification in 2020, the, the readings all reflected his, his desire to stay connected. It was, it was the parable of the vine and the branches that they read. You know, so very interesting. So there's a lot to there's a lot to say about this millennial saint who's on the road to full canonization. Um, he's blessed right now. He's still waiting for another miracle. Um, but you know, Adam, he's not just for the young. He's for all of us, because this this boy had wisdom beyond his 15 years. What mm -hmm. do you say to that before we take our first break? Well, I I wanted to just give us a few of the of the quotes from him that that I found. So, uh, to, to highlight the wisdom that you're referencing. So, uh, the Virgin Mary is the only woman in my life. Mm -hmm. So here's a 15 year old who, you know, we can all think back to when we were 15 and 16 and 17 and what was on our mind, uh, probably was, you know, other kids of the opposite sex, right? When, when you're a teenager, but here he is, the Virgin Mary is the only woman in my life. Here's another one. The more Eucharist we receive, the more we will become like Jesus so that on earth we will have a foretaste of heaven. So this is an insight to the fact that the Eucharist, which is of course everything that any person needs, but most fundamentally is a little bit of that spark of divinity that comes into ourselves and into our lives and transforms us a little bit at a time. And for him to, to have that insight is amazing. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. So we're talking about Blessed Carlo Acutis today on The Spirit World. We are live, so now we expect your calls at 877-757-9424. And let's talk about this a great millennial saint that we just celebrated his feast day a couple days ago. We'll be right back. Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. 
Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. That's why Stand Tall Today has experienced professional coaches that will assist you in dialing down that overwhelm. They'll help you get a grasp on where you are and create a plan that enables you to take bite-sized steps of action so you can live an abundant life. Why not take your first step right now? Go to StandTallToday.com and find a coach that is just right for you. Because life is simply too short to stay lost in a sea of overwhelm. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Seventh-day Adventists use Ecclesiastes 9.10 to argue that souls in heaven aren't cognitively aware of our prayers because the inspired author says that souls don't have any knowledge in the afterlife. But this objection fails because the inspired author was operating with a limited and vague view of the afterlife without New Testament revelation. When we come to the New Testament, it's a whole new ballgame. Consider Revelation 5.8, where 24 presbyters, human souls, surround Jesus and offer him the prayers of Christians on earth in the form of incense. How could they do this if they weren't cognitively aware of all those prayers? So just because an Old Testament passage speaks of the afterlife in a way that's not compatible with the intercession of the saints, it doesn't follow that the Catholic doctrine is proven unbiblical. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. We're going to get to the phones in just a minute. And uh, first up on the spirit world will be, will be Dan from Houston, Texas. So, Dan, hang on for a little bit longer. We do have some room for you on the phones if you'd like to ask a question about Blessed Carlo Acutis or you want to uh, share your experience of making friends with Carlo Acutis, getting to know him and his life. Um, it's, it's so beautiful. I know there's novenas uh, uh, centered around Blessed Carlo, so please... Please uh, dial in and share your experience of this incredible young man. 877-757-9424. And uh, Libby and Carol will answer your call. And um, we will love to talk. We want to spend this entire hour talking about Blessed Carlo Acutis. Why? Because what you said, Adam, you said you said many great things, but a few things just jumped out that I want to go back and revisit real quickly before we get to Dan. Okay. You mentioned about, uh, you know, givers and takers, right? Um, Blessed Carlo Acutis was definitely a giver. You know, he came from a very wealthy family. Okay. And yet he was constantly giving away his shoes, his coat, his money, everything. He was giving, 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 right? And you were talking about how, how people view God. 
And it made me think of Jerry Usher, my co-host of Take Two with Jerry and Debbie, heard on EWTN radio during the weekdays. And Jerry always says this. um, He says, some people view God as a gumball God, right? Like you put a quarter in, you get a gumball out, right? And, And Carlo was not like that at all. Here he was, a young man. He had a privileged life with his family, um, and and yet he was this this young man that had a wisdom well beyond his his fifteen years, and he knew, and um, he tapped into uh, how to stay connected with God and how to and how to uh, communicate the message of God, right, to others, because they, people would say when they encountered him, Adam, he had a light about him. He had, a, there, he radiated just this beautiful heavenly glow. And, you know, I know little kids are all cute. I mean, I say that about, I used to say that about my kids. Oh, my kids are the cutest kids in the whole world. But there was something very unique about blessed Carlo Acutis. He talked about being close to his guardian angel. He, t- he, he loved Padre Pio. He loved uh, all the saints. St. Francis of Assisi, he was especially close to. That's why he's um, there He's there at um, in Assisi, Italy. Um, but Adam, it's just amazing when you talk about it. And you talk about it because you've said it about Padre Pio. You said Padre Pio had an advanced spirituality. That's the same thing with Blessed Carlo Acutis. What do you say to that? Yeah, there's there's parallels there. And, you know, I, I'm hoping that, that as time goes on, maybe we'll learn more about him in terms of his writings and, and details about him. But one of the quotes sounded to me just like Padre Pio from, from Blessed Carlo. He said, continuously ask your guardian angel for help. Your guardian angel has to become your best friend. Now, Deb, I've, you know, I've known people in my life that, and you know, I think it's it's true. These aren't people that are known to the public or anything like that. Just over the years, I've met people that experience seeing their angels, and and in some cases have their entire lives. And to them, it was normal. They didn't know that that was unusual because it was just part of their life. And Padre Pio was the same way. And when he talks here about not just asking for help, but to become your best friend. Well, when I say, well, you know, Deb's one of my best friends, that implies there's there's an interaction or a relationship there, as opposed to like, I've got a picture of Deb on the wall and I, you know, think nice things about her. That's more disconnected, but he's talking about an actual interaction here. I'm, I'm guessing that he had that kind of direct relationship with his guardian angel the way Padre Pio did. And I bet that angel inspired a lot of the piety that we see in him from such an early age and probably helped instruct him you know, knowing the catechism that well by the age of 11 that you could teach it is staggering. There's a lot of material in the catechism. If I was going to teach from, you know, any section, I would want to be studying that section yeah, in preparation. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think there's, you know, I think he's going to be fostering a, a, a proper relationship with our guardian angels and mm-hmm. in a similar way that Padre Pio did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, well said. Okay, so we do have room for you on um, the phones here uh, to call in because we like to have this interaction with the Spirit World listeners and followers. And by the way, you can always like us and grow the family uh, at on Facebook at the Spirit World Podcast. Okay, so please like us there. We're fast approaching a thousand followers, so we're, we're excited about that. So thank you. So let's go to the phones. And first up, it, as promised, is Dan 
from Houston, Texas, listening um, on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Hi, Dan. Welcome to the spirit world. Thank you. Yes. So this is what I consider a miracle through the blessed Carlos. My son, Aaron, uh, is in Michigan, but has played rugby all his high or his college days and beyond. He's 37. Went in for a routine physical this last this year, early this year, and they found that he had a heart problem. They did all sorts of tests on him, and the doctors were like, "You need to have surgery immediately. You could drop dead at any time. You have a bad heart valve. We're going to have to replace it." Uh, replaced two of them actually and so forth and so on and had other tests run and he wanted to go they had a wedding in australia and he wanted to make that so they went ahead and made the trip even against the doctor's advice and came back and in july he had surgery nine days before the surgery i asked uh, my brothers and sisters in christ here in Houston, our actual retreat, and uh, hundreds of people around the world to pray a novena with me uh, through the intercession of Blessed Carlos Acutis for a miracle for Aaron's heart, and that it be like that of a baby, that instead, if it be God's will, that the surgery be successful, and there be a complete recovery. Well, they go in for the surgery. After the novena finished on Thursday, Surgery was Friday. I spent the day in adoration. They go in for the surgery, crack his chest open, take his heart out, hook him up. And when the doctors opened the heart, they found almost nothing wrong. Uh, They did find the congenital problem, a couple of things that they could fix. This was like the top doctor who works on babies, pediatrics, hearts in Michigan. And uh, he did a few things, sewed him back up, uh, hooked his heart up. It's working fine. And he so far has had a full recovery. That's wonderful, Dan. So you're saying they ended up not needing to replace any of the valves? Yep. Oh, praise God. That's great. Yeah, so, um, you know, I would, if I were you, and and this is you know useful for anybody who may think they had a miracle connected with blessed carlo um i would document that and contact whoever is uh behind his cause and send in the information at least send in a brief summary and say hey you know here's a brief summary of what happened if you want i can you know i can get you more materials because one of the things for those that don't know the church looks for a first one miracle before they declare somebody blessed. And that means you ask that that person to pray for you in heaven. And if a miracle happens, it's an indicator that they're actually in heaven before God and that God wants them to be recognized in this way. Uh, and then they're looking for a second miracle right now. And typically the church only uses healings. Now, the healing has to be well documented. It has to be instantaneous it has to be complete lasting and the doctors can't have another explanation for it so the bar's real high on that but if anybody out there thinks they they do have something that's well documented that's a healing that's connected with uh, uh, asking him for help 
um, it would be great to send that in. And Deb, I don't know uh, the people behind the cause, but we can find it by the end of the show and, and give that information out to people. Yeah, Dan, I'm sure you uh, checked out the official site um, for uh, Carlo Acutis. And did you did you say your son's your son's name again, Dan? First name? Aaron. 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 I am so glad that he is doing well. That is a that is incredible. Praise be to God. I mean, what that must be such a relief for you, as his father. I mean, it sounds it sounds like it was a a really heavy time of worrying about your son. And, you know, I would definitely contact the official site for Blessed Carlo Acutis. I agree with Adam. And maybe we could, um, if we could ask the show team to um, search just to make sure we have the accurate site for, unless you, uh, do you have the site of the official site? Well, I directed a retreat right before that. And uh, Eucharistic Miracles was our theme. Okay. So okay. I do have it, but if Good. you have something more specific to get it to the right people, right, right, that would help. Okay. So here's what I, here's what I want you to do, Dan, if you can. Um, we can ask Libby and um, and Carol uh, after we're done talking on air. If you could just hold on, and if you could get Dan, if we can give if we can get your contact information, Dan, I want to make sure you get this story right to um, his mom. Okay. Um, so, so let's, let's just, I agree with Adam. Let's share the story because Adam, you've said it many times that the young, the newer saints or the saints that are on full road to canonization, like blessed Carlo Acutis, they're very active. You've said that to me. So this makes sense, right? Oh, for sure. And, and God gives us these miracles, um, you know, as a confirmation, but also as a gift to us to give us another saint to ask, ask, you know, their intercession in heaven for us. So um, we, we should expect in the sense of, of being optimistic in, in God's uh, generosity in terms of miracles, we should pray with, you know, um, a great hopeful expectation um, that it's going to be God's will to give us these miracles. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, Deb, um, one thing just to pass on a tip, because I, I've have a good friend who's heavily involved in relics that we have had on the show in the past, Father Carlos um, Martins, who's on a big tour right now. He's busy. Um, But one thing he passed on to me a few years ago, there has been a number of miracles connected with saints where people have taken the holy card for that blessed or that person that's on the way to being blessed and kept it on the person of the person that they're praying for. So physically, you know, tucked it in their pocket or in their, their shirt pocket, that type of thing, to sleep with it overnight uh, in addition to the prayers. It's kind of similar to a relic, but it's just a holy card. And sometimes these holy cards are third-class relics. So that's just something additional people can do uh, in addition to the prayers. Wow, amazing. Dan, um, hang on if you can. Um, if you if we get disconnected, call us back. Let's get your contact information so we can get uh, information to you on how to send your son's story. Praise be to God. I love your story, Dan. And blessed Carlo Acutis is amazing. And we're talking more about this millennial saint when we come back on the spirit world. Please stay with us. Better yet, call us.
Have you heard about life coaching? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Coaching is one of the things Jesus did with his disciples. Whenever they were stuck, overwhelmed, or even struggling a bit, Jesus asked questions that brought clarity and hope. He then used ongoing conversations that helped them to navigate the path and completely change their lives. Just like the disciples, we too can find ourselves feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and struggling a bit. Maybe you need help in your marriage or with a parenting issue, you're navigating a loss, you want to improve your health, or advance your career. At StandTallToday.com, our experienced coaches will help you to take another look at life, renew your hope, get past those challenges, and step into living abundantly. You can find out more about coaching and schedule a free introductory call by visiting us at StandTallToday.com. Listen, life is too short to stay stuck. Contact us at StandTallToday.com. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. How do you keep God in your mind once you're done with prayer and daily mass? It's different for each of us, but one tool we've learned to use in our family is Christian music. Whether you're working around the house or driving the car, it's far more uplifting to listen to than the overplayed secular love songs, and God can speak to you through it. It's amazing how transformative good Christian music can be. Music can help us memorize scripture and remind us of the providence of God throughout the day. It can teach kids the Bible in a way that they love, and kids can make music their own. As they grow up, encourage your children to pick out Christian music that they personally can relate to. There's all different genres, from chant to country to contemporary. St. Paul exhorts us, Sing psalms, hymns, and inspired songs to God from your hearts. Music can help deepen your love for God and lift your spirit to Him throughout the day. Try it this season and see. To find more resources for your family, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. We just celebrated Blessed Carlo Acutis' um, feast day, October 12th, and that's why we're talking about this young millennial saint on the road to full canonization. So he is amazing. It's, he's an important saint for our time, uh, and, and his life is just I think it's miraculous on so many levels, and that's why we're dedicating this entire episode to Blessed Carlo Acutis. Another uh, a little bit of trivia here, and side note, um, that may be of interest to our followers of the spirit world and those that listen to Take Two. Um, Jerry and I pray uh, to the Powerhouse Eight before every single show of Take Two, and Blessed Carlo Acutis is one of the powerhouse eight. So uh, we feel very close to him. Um, recently, I got to uh, speak about him at the Fullness of Truth conference in San Antonio, Texas, a couple weeks back, and I personally had a very unique, um, I should say, uh, feeling that Blessed Carlo was present. Um, and I shared that with a few people because it was, uh, it, it, it overwhelmed me greatly. And I felt that he wanted to be there, um, to, to, to get his message out about the Eucharist 
and how important it, it was his highway to heaven. As a matter of fact, in the book, folks, my son Carlo, that his mom, Antonia Salzano, wrote about her son, um, he actually has a recipe there, a path in this book on how to bypass purgatory, Adam, and go straight to heaven. Now, this is Carlo Acutis's version, and I love it. That's why I love this book, and it's amazing. So we're getting Dan's uh, contact information. And then, Adam, you found some interesting um, things online that is probably the best way to get these miracle stories to uh, the cause for canonization for Blessed Carlo. Probably We probably don't want to overwhelm his mom. She's on a nationwide tour, so I'm, but she oversees everything. So go right ahead. Right. So it's real easy, Deb. Um, the website is carloacutis.com. That's C-A-R-L-O-A-C-U-T-I-S.com. Carlo Acutis, you'll find it. And on there, you'll see a link. It'll be the third one over from the left, and that's to contact the postulator. So this shouldn't overwhelm his mother. I think it's probably going to go directly to the postulator, which is the person appointed in the church to uh, investigate and move move the cause forward. So you, Dan, or other people that may have a miracle can go to that website, make that initial contact with the postulator, and then they will get back to you um, if they see that that's warranted from the inquiry. They probably get a lot of inquiries, but um, that's a really easy way to do it, Deb. And you know, that's reflective of this saint. He was he was a programmer and a web person, and he was great at this kind of thing. And that's that's another thing God's telling us is, you know, use the internet for good in addition to, to all the ways we kind of abuse it. Oh, he used to say that all the time. He wanted to use the internet to evangelize. So yeah, and and, and that's what, you know, Catholic radio is all about, using the radio airwaves to reach everyone. And I think it's just amazing. John Paul II talked about it, Mother Angelica, you know, so it's so it's so incredible to use it for the good. So Carol, um, if you could uh, pick up that web website and communicate that to Dan and the others that are asking of how to get their stories to uh, the Carlo Acutis uh, official site. Uh, there it is. So Adam, thank you so much. So we'll go back to the phones. We do have uh, room on the lines for you if you'd like to talk about this great young man, um, his life, his legacy, and everything that he has um, done for us with the exhibits, over 130 Eucharistic miracles exhibit, um, the exhibit, and also uh, Marian apparitions. He has that uh, as part of the, the exhibit that the Vatican approved to go worldwide. Um, a lot of the places that he talks about with the Eucharistic miracles, Adam, he was um, able to visit. So that is really cool that he actually uh, got to see them, see the Eucharistic miracles himself, which was pretty incredible. So let's go to Rita. Oh, oh, by the way, you can join us. You have time. So call in if you would like to ask a question or share a story or an experience or an understanding of Blessed Carlo Acutis. 877 757-9424. But don't wait any longer because we're going to run out of time. So let's go to Rita. And Rita is in Michigan listening on the EWTN app. Hello, Rita. Welcome to the spirit world. Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I just want to say that I was meant to hear Dan's story because um, my one-and-a-half-year-old just had open-heart surgery as well. Um, in July, and they went in to close a large hole and re um, repair two valves. They were able to close the, uh, close the hole, 
repair the left valve, but the right valve, um, they weren't able to do much with because it was so thin. And um, they, so she needs another procedure to hopefully go back and repair that valve, um, or they will be ready if they need to when they go in to replace her valve. And we started going to adoration for her every Thursday. And her third follow-up appointment was on this past week on October 10th. And then they called me and said that um, they had to move it to Thursday, October 12th. And a couple weeks ago, I got a postcard from EWTN. And it was from, it was a blessed Carlo Acutis. And I turned it around and it said feast day, October 12th. I told my husband that we're going to see a miracle through him. And then we need to keep going to adoration on Thursdays. And that's my story of her. Can you can you share your daughter's first name, Rita? Her name is Philomena. Philomena. Beautiful name. And your tears are pretty amazing because... Um, there's no accident with God, Rita. You do know that, right? Yes. So this young man, blessed Carlo Acutis, on his feast day, is really watching out for his little friend, Philomena. Pretty amazing, huh? Yes. Wow. Adam? Oh, um... Yeah, Rita. I mean, obviously that is, that is beautiful and God loves little children. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, God loves your daughter. Um, I would just take that as an encouragement for, for the other mothers out there that are, that are facing similar, you know, trials and, and difficulties with their children's health, um, to not be afraid to pray for miracles, to not be afraid to ask particular saints for their prayers. Um, Adoration, you mentioned, is is a beautiful thing. And so for those that don't know, Eucharistic adoration is when we, we go to church, and it's not a mass, but it's a time when the Eucharist is put out on the altar in a monstrance, which is kind of like a beautiful gold display. And we just spend quiet time sitting with Jesus in his presence, speaking with him, you know, in our minds, in our hearts, sometimes quietly and softly out loud. And Blessed Carlo was was all about adoration. He went uh, regularly to adoration in addition to holy hours before the Eucharist. And, you know, one of the things that he said is by standing before the Eucharistic Christ, we become holy. And it seems, Rita, that, you know, that holiness um, benefited your daughter and, and is benefiting your family. And here it is, you know, now touching how many thousands of other mothers mm -hmm. uh, that maybe need that encouragement, you know, to pray and that if it's God's will, that something similar happened for them. But these are our friends in heaven, Adam, then they, and they are wanting to continue the relationship as the body of Christ. So what would you say to Rita about her precious daughter, Philomena? I mean, obviously blessed Carlo is, he has made friends with the family, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of the things about saints, um, that I've learned over the years, and partly from my friend, Father Carlos Martins, who has dealt with thousands of miracles connected with saints and relics, is that 
you want to follow God in the sense that if God has established a relationship with a saint, and in this case, Rita's relationship is, you know, beautiful. She wasn't aware that that was a feast day, but here it is, God setting that up. That's right. When God sets that up and connects you with a particular saint, you want to follow through on that. So it's not just like, oh, great, that happened, and that was Saint so-and-so, and then I move on with life. It's like, no, there's a reason in mm-hmm. God's providence that he's establishing that relationship. So, you know, over time, then, you know, continue to have that saint be part of the, the family's life and part of your daughter's life as she grows to learn about uh, Blessed Carlo and then possibly Saint Carlo in the future. Um, you want to follow God. So, you know, this is a connection, a relationship that God has made, and, and you should continue to foster it with him over time. What do you say, Rita? Um, I, I appreciate that, and I, I am going to follow, and I'm expecting our fifth child, and I was just Aww. thinking to myself, if it's a boy, uh, how Aww. do we not name him Carlo? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Oh, Rita. Oh, Rita. Oh, wow. I could feel the Holy Spirit when you said that, or at least a middle name, too, because middle names are yes. so important. Yes. Oh, oh, Rita. Wow. And and so how are you? So this is your fifth child. Wow. God bless you. That is amazing. Yeah. I love big, I love big families. I'm, I'm from six, six kids. And I, I think I love all the joyful noise in the house, right? You have that beautiful noise. Yeah. Yes, it's boring when it's not chaotic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how is Philomena today? Today she is wonderful. She um, she just had her um, follow-up on Thursday. A couple are coming upstairs right now. She wanted, she's one of them, so you might oh. hear her. Oh, good. She's gaining good. weight. Yeah, she's more energetic. Um, the doctors are pleased, and they're giving us, they say, I don't know, maybe a year or two um, but you know, they just give us these numbers and everything is in God's hands until her next surgery. But, um, we do hope for a miracle. And I do feel from when I heard in utero that she had, cause she had several conditions and then it went down to three. But, um, I always knew in my heart that we serve a mighty God and he's going to take care of her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. And your faith, you keep your faith strong in your family. Um, connected to uh, the angels and the saints. Um, All of heaven is watching and all of heaven is assisting. And Rita, God bless you. You sound like an amazing mom. Would you you keep us posted and let us know how you're doing? We'd love to journey with you, okay? Of course I will. Thank you. I listen to you and Jerry as well. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you and, and Rita, you can always email us. It goes right to us. It's TSW at GRN. GRN stands for Guadalupe Radio Network. GRNonline.com. Okay? I have that written down. Okay, good. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a beautiful weekend. People. Yes, thank, thank you. You, you, you too. too. What a great call. Wasn't that amazing? Wow. Mm-hmm. I love how God connects all the dots, you know, and then, you know, you realize it's October 12th, the feast day of Blessed Carlo Acutis. I mean, pretty incredible. Okay, let's go to Catherine. And Catherine has been waiting so patiently in Northern Virginia, also listening on Guadalupe Radio Network. Hi, Catherine. Welcome. Hi there. I'm so glad you're having this show on Carlo. Uh, I recently just fell madly in love head over heels about him. I had known about him a few years ago, but he just grabbed my heart. And uh, I, I kind of wanted to share a couple things. 
I don't know if people realize I was, I'm a teacher and I um, did a lot of research on him. I've read a few books and I just, I keep watching like every documentary I can find on him. And recently, like 48 hours ago, I think on his feast day, I found that he went um, to Fatima with his parents. He always wanted to go there and Our Lady gave him an extraordinary grace. He actually had a vision of her in, I believe, uh, one of the processions, um, and she gave him her immaculate heart. So he's had a real, a real like um, spousal relationship with the Mother of God, and I think that is one of the great mystical graces that. just made him fall so madly in love with her and be so devoted to the rosary. The other thing I wanted to share with you, Debbie, is that I um, I have a great uh, compassion for you because I have some children who are very distant from me, and, you know, they don't want to talk to me for a long time. And on his feast day, you know, I was praying to him, and um, I heard Carlos say, you know, you know, call your your daughter, Anne Marie. Call her, and I was like, yeah, but Carlo, you know, she won't answer, and then my heart will be disappointed. And I heard him say, call her, and I was like, you know, also I'm kind of stubborn, and I was like, yeah, but you know, she's probably traveling because she's moving to to London, and I I'm, and I just heard him say, call her now. I called her, and she was in the airplane taking off for London and moving to London and she answered and she was like mom I'm so glad to hear your voice and I'm like I am so happy you answered (laughs) and it was a lot of extraordinary grace it sounds small but when you haven't seen your children for years and then you get a little foot in the door it's very powerful Wow, that's beautiful, Catherine. Yeah, I mean, God is all about healing. He's about families being together, about, you know, loving proper relationships, being close. Um, he, he's the opposite of division. And so, yeah, he he wants to heal us individually, but he wants to heal us to be part of a community. And sometimes that community is our family, but it's also our circle of friends, our, our parish whatever it might be, you know, or even the friends at work. Um, but that's just beautiful. And, and, you know, I know how hard that is when families are struggling. Um, and that's just beautiful. I've, I've had similar things, um, not, I don't have any children, but I've had similar things in terms of getting that prompting, like do it right now. And it turns out that was the exact moment that it needed to happen. So, uh, you know, take that as a little positive sign that you can remember. And, and just like we were saying with the previous caller, you know, follow that. Um, you already are. You're researching him, you know, um, and God is giving you this friend in heaven to be, an, you know, an ongoing companion. So, I, you know, I would take this as very positive and, and just capitalize on it and, and build on it. And I, I pray that your, your family and the relationship with the kids, you know, continues to heal. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I, I'm so grateful to you, Catherine, for calling in, and um, I'm, I'm so happy for you, deep in my heart as a mom, that you reconnected with your daughter. I think it is 
it is just, it makes my day. It makes my year. I love that. And I love that Blessed Carlo had something to do with it. Um, wow. God is good. Right, Catherine? He is all the time, huh? It's just yes. sometimes when we're going through the dark night, I'm a Carmelite, and it's like, whoa. Sometimes, um, as St. Therese said, she didn't have any light at the end of the tunnel when she had that crisis of faith for three years. And she was just like, Lord, where are you? And um, and yet maybe, as John of the Cross says, that's when we gain the most graces. Um, it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> but, you know, I always say that um, all these bundle of graces and blessings yes. are, are available to us all yes. the time. But we don't like the wrapping. Maybe the wrapping is kind of crummy in suffering. And that's that's hard. It is. And all the families I am in contact with as a teacher, they all are going through this intense spiritual warfare that we are experiencing. And yet, you know, I, I really believe that he wants us, Carlo, to be joyful. And one thing that really made me so proud of both of you to have him on your show is I was thinking, well, how does he fit in with the spiritual warfare? He knew the way to fight against the spiritual warfare of evil against us is to use the Eucharist. Not that we're using the Eucharist. We are just being filled with, with Jesus, with God, the Father, with the Holy Spirit. And uh, I'll just throw this in as a catechist preparing a child. For First Holy Communion, we were making a visit, and he looked up at me. He's six, and he said, you know, as we were walking out of the church, he said, if you are close to your favorite person of the Trinity, you are close to God because they're one. I looked at that child, and I was going to blurt out, there are adults that don't know that, but we're trained in the Catechism of the Good Shepherd to be quiet and just marvel at what the Holy Spirit has revealed to this six-year-old. And I see in Carlo that the Holy Spirit was filling him with so much wisdom from very young. And one last little anecdote, he didn't just bring one of the men, an adult man, Rajesh, into the Catholic faith, who was Hindu, I believe. He brought two of them, I think, at 9, 10, or 11. I mean, he was converting adults. Yeah. So he's yeah. a powerhouse. Oh, exactly, Catherine. And and when you say converting adults, his his family, people, everybody he met on the street uh, when that's why I was saying earlier during the show he radiated uh, this Christ-like, um, um, you know, uh, uh, persona in the sense that he he when he encountered them they walked away changed, Catherine, and that's the key. Um, it was and you're right, and he tapped into this. I believe God tapped him, this young man early on as, as a young, um, uh, you know, six, uh, seven year old. And then he said, yes, he had the wisdom, the knowledge to say yes. And then he just grew into this incredible 
and this incredible uh, saint. Wow, Catherine. Well said. I, you know, there's so much we can say about him. We probably need to do five shows on Blessed Carlo Acutis because he's a saint for our time, and, and we really need him right now. So, Catherine, thank you so much for your beautiful, beautiful call today and gracing this conversation about Blessed Carlo. One little Car- add. I sure. love the EWTN documentary, I Am With You. I've watched it about 25 times. EWTN produced it. So if you can prompt people who don't know anything about him, it's I Am With You, a documentary on Carlo Cutis. EWTN did a phenomenal job with this Italian directress. So it's just Mm -hmm. a gem, and it talks about the Eucharist and that the giver and the gift Mm -hmm. are one. And I've never heard that, and I've done 66 graduate courses, and I never heard that. But Thomas Aquinas says the giver and the gift are one in the Mm -hmm. Eucharist. So we are so blessed, even when the darkness of this age gets to us sometimes. Right. So keep up. Amen. You're so positive. You you all really build us up. Oh, just, thank you, I love Catherine. That about you. Well, we love you too. Thank you so much. Call us again, please. Thank you, and have a beautiful and blessed weekend. Uh, real quickly, Adam, I want to say because Catherine have tapped into how EWTN TV is doing a great job. Uh, Antonia Salzano, his mom, was just on uh, television, EWTN television, uh, yesterday. But also, um, EWTNRC.com does carry uh, my son Carlo the book. So go to EWTNRC. We're going to have to go quickly to Sharon in Buffalo, New York. She's on the Station of the Cross. Sharon, please forgive us. We only have a couple minutes if you can make it brief. Sure thing. Um, I just wanted to let you know, we are praying through Blessed Carlo's intercession for healing and restoration for my sister-in-law, Ellen. She has had cancer for, I think, 14 years. Eight years ago, they said it was up to stage four, and they didn't expect her to live for two more years. She's still with us and going strong. Um, We heard about Blessed Carlo's Eucharistic Miracle Exhibit at St. Greg's, a nearby church, and the priest there very kindly allowed us to come up the night before Blessed Carlo's um, feast day, and he took a first-class relic of Blessed Carlo and prayed over Ellen for her healing through his intercession. That's wonderful, Sharon. Um, so, yeah, like Deb, like you said, there's so much to unpack here. But, yeah, the positivity this saint gives us that spiritual warfare is not so much about defensive and thinking about the enemy. It's just moving towards God. Mm-hmm. And that's when that joy is going to be present in our lives and radiate. And mm-hmm. that is the real spiritual warfare. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sharon. Have a have a great weekend. We want to thank the show team. What a great episode. If you got a lot out of it, please share it far and wide on social media. Thank you, Taylor, Tim, Carol, and Libby. And for Adam Bly, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And until next Saturday, have a beautiful and blessed week. We'll see you real soon. 